The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Well, it's now or never for this term's legislature as we wind down toward January 2nd, prompting a flurry of activity on Beacon Hill this week. Among the action, a bill that had been languishing since this summer reemerged and made it back to the governor's desk. The House teed up a handful of bills, and the Senate took its turn passing legislation aimed at helping the locked-out gas workers from National Grid. Matt Murphy, Colin Young, and Katie Lannon join us. Hi, guys. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hello. Hey. Uh, and Matt, let's, uh, let's start with you, the, um, and let's start with the legislature, which moved off its plate and onto Governor Baker's desk uh, this week. The Airbnb short-term rental bill, which had been, uh, as we said, languishing since July when Governor Baker sent it back to the legislature. What precipitated that bill coming back to life this week? Yeah, well, ever since uh, the governor returned that bill in August, actually August 1st, I think it was the day after uh, the legislature ended formal sessions, which uh, really hampered their uh, ability or prospects for dealing with amendments and contributed to the fact that this uh, was starting to look like a lost cause. I I mean, I don't think there was a lot of optimism uh, that this would get done, even if leaders were uh, continually saying that uh, talks were ongoing and uh, this was not a dead issue. But it appears that these talks were ongoing and perhaps more serious than uh, we ever even knew, uh, because on Thursday, uh, seemingly out of nowhere, but uh, you know this had been in the works, and a deal was struck apparently between the House, the Senate, and according to the House Chair Aaron Michaelwitz, uh, with the Governor as well, uh, to uh, take up the Governor's amendments. Uh, they made some minor adjustments, but largely went along with the Governor's suggestions and came out with uh, a bill that appears uh, on the verge of becoming law. And Matt, what did this compromise look like? What did they change from the uh, version of the bill that we saw this summer? Yeah, well, essentially, I mean, the, the framework of the bill is still there. This bill would apply the hotel and motel lodging tax, which is 5.7% on all rooms to all uh, short-term rentals that are, you know, rented through sites like Airbnb and, uh, you know, other vacation rental uh, platforms. Uh, But the big changes are they went along with the governor's recommendation to exempt uh, people who only do this casually for 14 days or fewer in a calendar year. Uh, That was one concession they made to the governor. The other was on a a privacy. All new uh, units are going to have to be registered with the state and they're going to be published in a directory so people know where the short-term rental units are located, but uh, the governor had some privacy concerns and the legislature agreed uh, that the full addresses would not go in the publicly published state directory. So you will have street names, but not street numbers. And uh, Chairman Michaelwitz told me that uh, the reason he was okay with this is because uh, they left it open to cities and towns to require full addresses if they want. And he believes cities like Boston will go ahead and do that. And this time of year, uh, you mentioned uh, conversations with the governor ahead of time, and there have been conversations on different bills that are getting teed up. Um, this time of year, this time of the session, pocket vetoes come into play. Could you explain for us um, how that process works and what's the cutoff this year? Yeah, sure. Well, this bill seems to have been uh, pre-negotiated with the governor's office. He was at least not uh, surprised by some of the details that were in this package. And that's because lawmakers know whatever they send him now really needs to be something that he's willing to accept if they're going to get his signature on it. And 
Uh, the new legislature will get sworn in on January 2nd. That's when the 190th General Court ends and the 191st begins. And uh, because the governor is not changing, uh, because he won re-election, he, he retains his right to review any, legisla- any legislation sent to him uh, you know, right up until uh, the point that uh, the new legislature takes over. Uh, he keeps his 10 days, but he, uh, he doesn't have to act on any of those bills. And if he doesn't act, rather than becoming law, as they usually do, uh, they become automatically pocket vetoed, as we call it. So uh, this really adds a, a new wrinkle to the, uh, the time frame that lawmakers are working with and why I think we saw the uptick in activity this week. Colin? Yeah, and, uh, another bill that was in a similar bucket as uh, Airbnb, something that got through both branches of the legislature but did not become law uh, before formal sessions ended in July, was the uh, so-called Equifax bill, the Consumer Credit Information Protection Bill. Uh, Katie, that's something you've written a lot about. Do you see any signs that maybe a, a similar revival is in the works on that bill? Yeah, I mean, it's really like so much else at this point in the session. It's a question, right? Um, we did see the House late last month. They did kind of the same thing we saw here. They amended the governor's amendment, adopted a modified version, agreed to that, kicked it back over to the Senate, where we haven't seen it kind of come back up on the table. Uh, Senator Barbara Latalian gave her farewell speech this week. She's been kind of the Senate lead on this issue. And she said she hopes it gets done in that speech. She singled it out as urgent. So I mean, we'll see, though, if that comes to be at this point. There were a lot of mentions in the farewell speeches in the Senate on Monday of things that uh, some of these departing senators might want to see as Christmas presents. Or um, I think Senator O'Connor Ives even looked ahead to her birthday next July and said, for my birthday, I'd like. But uh, Katie, uh, you were also covering this week uh, one of those other issues up in the air, the locked out workers legislation, uh, which would be at risk of a pocket veto then, uh, which Matt was talking about, since the Senate didn't meet this Friday. They're not in until Monday. Yeah, that's right, Sam. And I I do want to say kind of as we kick off this conversation that the House is in session right now as we're recording about three o'clock on Friday. So it's possible that anything could happen, really. They could could adjourn while we're in here. They could take up a lockout (laughs) bill. But um, one thing we know for sure is it won't get to the governor's desk until Monday when the Senate comes back in, even if the House does pass something today. We saw the Senate on Thursday pass their version of a lockout work, locked out, locked out workers bill to uh, kind of address this ongoing lockout. It's been going on since June. More than 1,200 gas workers at National Grid. I think we all know the details at this point, but the idea is... Next month in January, many of them are at risk of their unemployment benefits running out, and both of the branches have kind of taken steps to extend or newly provide benefits, and the governor is interested, he said, in uh, finding a way to get something done, too. I think the one question we did hear from the governor, uh, the, the Katie mentioned his willingness to, to do something, but he has indicated he wants to uh, be sure that it will pass legal muster. And there have been some constitutional issues, which I think is what the legislature is wrestling with right now. Uh, you know, we, before we came down here to, to talk, uh, Rep. Paul Donato, a member of the speaker's leadership team, uh, told us that they were going back and forth, uh, the speaker's office going back and forth with the governor's office, trying to get some guy 
guidance on on what the governor would like to see. Again, back to that issue that we talked about, Sam, trying to make sure that whatever they pass with time being so short is something that the governor is willing to accept. And there are two bills in play, Katie, here. Uh, what, what are the differences between them quickly? Yeah, that's right. The um, central question is really who would pay for these benefits. Uh, the Senate uses the kind of existing unemployment trust funds that most private for-profit employers pay into. Um, and the House has been looking for a way to kind of have national grid in this situation pay the costs. And uh, Colin, there are a slew of other bills uh, teed up uh, waiting for the Senate on Monday. Uh, Run us through some of those. Yeah, we'll start uh, on the same topic of gas. The House on Thursday uh, passed a version of Governor Charlie Baker's gas safety bill, which he filed in response to the National Transportation Safety Board's recommendation uh, after its just initial review of the September uh, gas fires and explosions in the Merrimack Valley. Uh, That bill will require that all gas work that could pose a material risk to public safety be reviewed and given a seal of approval from a certified professional engineer before the work's uh, completed or or conducted. Uh, I should note here, too, that bill uh, passed the House Thursday. It has not yet been taken up in the Senate could come up on Monday. Uh, But those requirements uh, this week now newly apply to national grid and national grid alone. The uh, governor's administration lifted the uh, non-emergency, non-compliance work moratorium that it had imposed in early October on national grid this week, but said, we'll lift that moratorium, but you've now got to comply with these uh, tighter standards that uh, are in in the governor's bill. Uh, So again, we'll see if that bill, which would apply those requirements to all gas utilities, uh, comes up in the Senate on Monday. Uh, Monday, the Senate can also uh, start dealing with a supplemental spending bill uh, that the House passed on Thursday. Uh, Included in that bill is $3 million for the Cannabis Control Commission's oversight of the medical marijuana industry. Um, DPH has overseen the medical marijuana uh, program since its founding. Uh, That will transfer to the Cannabis Control Commission on Sunday and And, of course, they'll need the funds to be able to do that. Um, There are a few other provisions in that spending bill. Uh, DPH will be giving up the medical marijuana program, but that bill would uh, give DPH control and custody of the Hinton State Laboratory in Jamaica Plain. Uh, The House also passed and and teed up, uh, or rather not, didn't tee up for the Senate, uh, passed a bill that the Senate uh, already moved off its plate back in July. Uh, which would establish a uh, Massachusetts-specific code of military justice for the uh, National Guard, uh, and it would also double some pay for uh, soldiers and airmen performing active state duty for the National Guard. Uh, the House was pretty busy on Thursday, so they've also teed up uh, a number of other bills for the Senate, uh, including background checks uh, for workers in the Department of Youth Services uh, and a bill related to licensing for motor vehicle inspection stations. Uh, so Monday could be a busy day in the Senate, but of course, all eyes really are on that uh, locked out worker benefit bill. And uh, as we mentioned, the House is, we believe, still in session right now as of this taping. So we don't know for sure what the House's plans will be for Monday, right? That's right. Yeah, we don't. And if I could quickly circle back to one bill that Colin mentioned, that the governor's uh, gas safety bill. This one really interesting, I think, to watch, particularly after Senate President Karen Spilka a couple weeks ago stood next to Bob DeLeo uh, and said uh, that she is very interested in seeing uh, this bill passed. Uh, she thought They both said they thought it was quite simple, uh, a safety a step that they can take after the natural gas disaster up in the Merrimack Valley. And yet when I ran into uh, Senator Mike Barrett, who chairs the Telecom Utility and Energy Committee this week, and asked him about this bill after a hearing, 
he said that uh, he did not think it was quote unquote mission critical. Uh, he said he wants to get it done, safety of course uh, of paramount importance, and uh, but still something that he didn't see as quite necessary to get done this session. And he was particularly concerned by what he heard in the hearing about being uh, careful with how they define things like uh, uh, the risk factor that Colin mentioned, when uh, these infrastructure projects pose a risk to the public, that they should be careful in how they define those things. And he thought that might take some time and some work. So it'd be interesting to see uh, whether or not this is something the legislature tries to push through in these closing days or whether they uh, take a breather and, and and hold off until the next session. And support for all these bills does have to be unanimous in this informal period. Uh, Colin? Yeah, speaking of support for for that governor's gas safety bill, uh, just about two weeks ago now, five uh, executives from or executives from five of the state's gas utilities were up here on Beacon Hill for a hearing, and Senate Minority Leader Bruce Tarr pressed each of them uh, on whether or not their uh, companies would oppose the governor's gas safety bill, and all five utilities said that they would not oppose that bill. Well, we've, speaking of the House, got to go up back upstairs and check on the House. Uh, but looking ahead to Christmas Eve, the news service will have, as always, full coverage of House and Senate sessions on Monday. And uh, let's see, folks, let's, let's go around. What are, uh, what are we having, not for Christmas, but for Christmas Eve? I know some folks do, like uh, Kitty from our office, do the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Uh, maybe some sacred codfish in there. But uh, Colin, what, uh, what are your Christmas Eve plans? I don't, I don't know what we're having. Uh, I think my mother's going to be cooking something. So it'll be good, whatever it is. <laughs> That's the uh, correct response. Matt? Yeah, same. Uh, going up actually to the Merrimack Valley. I will be up there for Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, given the fact that it's uh, my mother's house, I'm sure something Greek is on the menu. <laughs> nice. Katie? And I'll be up on the other side of the Merrimack Valley across the state line in New Hampshire um, with my parents. And we usually do a, an Italian thing, but not a seafood thing. So we'll have a uh, pizza, meatballs, little antipasti. Oh. So it'll be nice. Looking forward to it. Nice. And it's uh, Portuguese cod cakes in my folks' house. So, all right. Have a great weekend, folks, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.